Waves in the Finiverse, live from Hong Kong Fintech Week. So my first real AI company was called Artificial Life, not Artificial Intelligence. And in Artificial Life, what you try to do is you try to build uh, alternative models of, of life. So, you know, with, with, you know, people trying to go to Mars and so on, and um, the whole topic of what is life, where, where can life be detected, how can we detect it, and so on and so on. What are the key features of life? For example, is intelligence uh, an, an unavoidable consequence of life? These kind of questions are extremely interesting, and we are trying to build emulators, simulators, and so on for artificial life environments. Welcome to Waves in the Finiverse. I'm Walter Jennings, the host of a podcast brought to you by Finiverse. We're talking with the wave makers that are creating ripples, waves, and tsunamis across finance, crypto, fintech, Web3, and beyond. Listen weekly to hear the change makers talk firsthand about their experiences in this dynamic industry. Thanks for tuning in to Waves in the Finiverse. I'm your host, Walter Jennings. I'm joined in our podcast booth at Hong Kong Fintech Week by Eberhard Schoenberg, Chairman and CEO of Cognitive Systems Lab. Welcome to our show, Eberhard. Great. Great to be here. Thank you. And um, look, um, uh, I understand that you created chatbots in the 1990s, but you said in the past they never fulfilled their true potential. Uh, could you tell us a little bit of the story of the invention and what missed potential they've had? Yeah, that is actually uh, surprising for many people that the bot technology is actually quite old already. And uh, I was one of the pioneers of the whole technology in the 90s, as you say. Um, it, at that time, there was really many, many technical limitations, you know, what you could do, and uh, there still are. We, we re-experienced this now with the metaverse, right? When, when you scale up and you have millions of users, you cannot do that. Uh, in my time then, uh, in the 90s, um, when we had like five concurrent users, that was already huge. <laughs> so these chatbots had lots of limitations on the technical side, on the, on the bandwidth side. But um, mostly on the uh, intelligence side, you know, because there was not um, this big progress that we see now in artificial intelligence. You know, I'm I'm one of the AI pioneers as well. I'm not just doing bots, but, but bots was one of the the key things I did. So um, we had to hand program all these um, these bots, the avatars, you know, what they say and. It was a very, very elaborate uh, task. And now you can automate a lot of this. In, in so you were scripting versus yes. today now you can yes. have predictive language. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. So um, scripting the dialogues, which you still see today, you know, but uh, it's just not a, a business model that works, right? You need uh, 100 people to, to build up a bot or so. That makes no sense. But now the things have changed dramatically, especially since about... Um, 2017, 2018. Now, Eberhard, your company is Cognitive Systems Lab and cognitive technology, from what I understand, is when a machine does what a, only a human could have done before, whether that's see, smell, think, hear, 
walk. Um, is that, uh, am I oversimplifying? No, no, no. That's uh, The problem is the, the descriptions is, is easy and the questions are easy. The answers are just horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really, really what I'm trying to do. As I said, you know, I've, I'm one of the surviving dinosaurs of, of AI and doing it since 40 years. And um, we have seen a lot of progress in certain areas. In other areas, it's just horribly frustrating. Nothing's, nothing's progressing. I remember when it all started, for example, with uh, autonomous cars and vehicles, right? We had the first autonomous cars already in the 1970s or so, you know? Um, and then there was a big hype, uh, especially in, in, the, in the early 2000s, a huge hype the last 10 years or so. But you see it's stalling now because, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not so difficult to go to 60, 70, 80% of, you know, autonomy. Um, but the last 20%, or especially the last 2-3%, you know, that make these things absolutely secure, is nearly impossible to achieve. And that's why it's stalling. Everybody predicted now with Elon Musk. Elon Musk has predicted it, I don't know, 10 times, you know, that we would have uh, self-driving autonomous cars now. It's not happening right now, right? So there's, there's all these ups and downs and backs and forths where you really don't know, you know. And that's the problem with intelligence, right? It's Intelligence is a very, very tricky topic. Well, you know, Eberhard, just with the self-driving cars, I think we've all seen massive improvements in driver-assisted yes. technology. So while we may not have reached the ultimate goal of driverless, we're at the penultimate goal of driver assistance. So perhaps uh, major motor companies are recognizing we might be at that assisted level for a few more years. But we have been at the assistant level for 30 years already, you know. Well, you know, a, lot I, of, a lot of, especially the German, I'm German, right? A lot of the German cars have uh, driver assistance since literally 30 years, you know. The problem is when you overpromise and then underdeliver, that is always a big problem, right? I, I rather do it the other way around. I, I don't promise too much and then try to overachieve somehow, but. From innovators to investors, get inside the minds of the industry's top leaders in finance, fintech, crypto, Web3 and beyond. Get ready to ride the next wave. This is Waves in the Finiverse, the podcast, live from Hong Kong Fintech Week. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Now we're here at Hong Kong Fintech Week. What are some of the more promising artificial intelligence applications in fintech? Yeah, I mean, that's another area I've been working on a lot. Uh, it's obviously um, everything related to banking, you know, the whole metaverse issue that we are discussing and I will talk about later today. Um, the issue is that you can uh, relate AI to all these new fintech technologies. Right? If you walk around here, you will see that most of these boots and startup uh, boots, especially everybody says they do AI. Mm. I doubt it, to be honest with you, I really doubt it. And um, But it, it it is obvious that if you had AI and the right level of AI, you could definitely make a lot of things much easier, better, faster, more efficient. And that's where, you know, the trend goes. So, for example, I've also installed the first robo-advisors, for example, for financial services, like for banking, retirement planning and the stuff online. And um, a lot of companies go there now, and then all the, the blockchain issues, you know, that, that make things more secure and, and, and so on. So there is a big overlap of um, fintech, uh, financial applications and AI, and the whole metaverse thing on top of it. 
So there's a lot of synergy coming up right now. That that's that's the most promising thing, I think. And within Cognitive Systems Lab, is AI the primary focus, or are there a wide range of other applications you're looking at? Uh, we are going far beyond AI. So. Classical AI is always focused on computer science, right? So you, you think about building intelligence in a computer system. But I mean, if you look around in our world, um, a computer system is a dead system, right? It's not alive. But most things that are intelligent are alive, or I would say every everything that is uh, alive is intelligent in a certain way. So uh, we are trying to go more towards biology-oriented uh, and based uh, models that are not relying on computer architectures and server farms and stuff like that, right? So I'm working with um, some of the top people in the world to build um, actually new types of brains, literally, you know, not, not, not simulate brains, building new, new type of brains, uh, so-called uh, organoids. These are brains, mini brains that are derived from uh, stem cells, you know, using body cells and then you, you reprogram them and then you redifferentiate them so that the body cells can turn into brain cells. So you can grow brain tissue and then you grow mini brains, you know, the size of a, a pea or a little bit bigger. And then you can connect these mini brains and make computing that way. So it's a completely new revolutionary thing. Well, that sounds then like attaching a, a biological material into yeah, your- bio, bio, bio computing, literally bio computing without computers. Fantastic. Well, I'm, uh, I'm wondering how you keep the um, uh, the processor fresh and uh, no, that's actually a big problem, right? So, so you have these um, the brains and the problems why why you can grow brains like the size of a, of a of a cat brain or mouse brain or human brain is uh, the vascular system. So you you can grow the tissue and you can go three uh, D. So it's a ball, literally like a brain. But the problem right now is they haven't figured out yet how you can grow them so that they also maintain their own blood flow. Hmm. So that is the only limiting factor right now we have, but you know, uh, over time that's that's going to happen. Join 3,000 industry leaders at the D3 Bahamas Web3 and FinTech Festival taking place on January 24 to 26 on Paradise Island in Nassau, the Bahamas. Escape the crypto winter in the Bahamas. Find out more information and reserve your ticket now at www.d3bahamas.com. D3 Bahamas is developed by the Security Commission of the Bahamas and organized by Finiverse. Now, um, Eberhard, I've read about a concept called alternative AI. Can you explain that? Yeah, this goes in the same direction. It's a term that I phrased and um, I invented that, that, that whole area also. So my first real AI company was called Artificial Life, not Artificial Intelligence. And in artificial life, what you try to do is you try to build uh, alternative models of of life. So you know, with with you know people trying to go to Mars and so on, and um, the whole topic of what is life, where where can life be detected, how can we detect it, and so on and so on. What are the key features of life? For example, is intelligence uh, an uh, unavoidable consequence of life? These kind of questions are extremely interesting, and we are trying to build emulators, simulators, and so on for artificial life environments. And the metaverse is one very interesting concept as a basis because you can think of uh, a metaverse as kind of a simulation environment of artificial life. So it's a, it's a confinement in which life can develop in completely different and new ways. Um, 
You've written it extensively about whether machines can develop a consciousness. What are some of your views on this subject? Yeah, that's a very tricky topic, as you know. Um, the question is, what is consciousness, right? Can you, can you even define it? And uh, there's people out there that are now thinking that uh, language models are conscious, uh, which is, in my eyes, uh, completely nonsense. But the problem is, you know, it's hard to define what consciousness is, but it is relatively easy to emulate conscious behavior. And I think that's what you will see. You will see a lot of systems like, for example, avatars or bots that behave as if they had a conscious you know, towards you. If you communicate with them or um, even for entertainment purposes, right, they will have a character, they will have a, a feel to it. And um, you will see a lot in the future, a lot of applications that will make use of this, that you have kind of a personalization and humanization of technology in, in this sense. Yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of contemporary literature, and one of the Booker Prize finalists last year was Clara and the Sun uh, by the Japanese author Katsuo Ishiguro, and there they discuss the main character is a humanoid who comes to life yeah. in the sun and then follows yeah. her journey, uh, yeah. and whether or not that's consciousness or not, we're not quite sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, what do you say to those who are worried AI technology could get out of hand? Why is it, is it important to build a failsafe? Yeah, absolutely, I think. Uh, but in this respect, AI is not different than any other high-tech, you know. And uh, you, you can turn any, any high-tech uh, device machine into a weapon if you want to. I mean, you, you can use your pen and kill someone with it. I'm not James Bond, so I think you're safe for the moment. Now, you've said intelligence is like music. What do you mean by that? I wouldn't put it that way, but uh, intelligence and music have a lot of things in common. And it's um, you can use musical concepts to uh, describe intelligence. For example, if you, you I don't know if you're, do you play an instrument or so? Um, just the but, voice. Yeah, okay. I'm a uh, <laughs> yeah. trained that's opera. A, that's, yeah, it's good, very good. Um, but the point is that you know, music has a logic. You know, I don't know if you, you feel that when you when you listen to a piece of music, especially classical music, listen to Bach. You can predict the tones that are coming up, and they are in perfect harmony, right? And there, there's a logic. You can't just put note X after note Y. It has to match somehow, right? And how, how does it work? And what causes that feeling for us that this is the right tone, right? This is the right harmony. And another one is not, it's disharmonic. Why, why do we feel like that? Eh? Where does it come from? What causes these effects and, and interdependencies? And that is very similar to, to thoughts, you know, how thoughts emerge in your brain. Why is one thought following another thought, you know, and so on. Eberhard, uh, what's your greatest wish now for your work? For my work? Oh God. that. I don't know, I'm so long in this period. Um, hopefully that some of the things um, that we're working on is not a waste of time and then it doesn't turn into any bad things, you know, at the end of the day. Any technology you're looking out for that you think will be game changing coming in the near future? I think brain to brain, direct brain to brain communication is the, the coolest thing you can imagine. So. You know, we have now these brain-to-computer interfaces, right, where you can read brain activities, EEG signals, and so on, and convert them into computer signals. Um, but then, if you can do that direction, you can also do the reverse direction, right? You can have the computer directly talk to your brain, and if you combine it, you can have one brain talk to another brain, right, without talking, literally. 
you can transfer thoughts you know in a certain way there's now already solutions where you can see what someone sees mm. right so i i can see without being next to you i could be somewhere i could see what you see in your eyes with your eyes and that is just fantastic right if you think about that i could feel what you feel for example things like that that is the real future of ai I'm looking forward to that. Before that, though, I'm looking forward to LinkedIn updating me about all the people I see on the floor here and uh, <laughs> reminding me of their names and companies. So, no, it's a, it's quite an exciting world ahead. Well, um, thank you, Eberhard Schoenberg, for joining us today on Waves in the Finiverse, uh, Chairman and CEO of Cognitive Systems Lab. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. This has been Waves in the Finiverse. Why not hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode? If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then please leave us a review and a five-star rating. Thanks for listening. 